0: Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this
1: pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four inside. Jokic. Put it in. Jokic. Twenty-three. Nice.
0: Hello and welcome back in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports, and today is going to be an awesome episode, if you don't mind me saying myself. I got the incomparable Tony Jones of The Athletic to come on and discuss the Nuggets vs. Jazz series with me. He's the beat writer for The Athletic, covering the Jazz, knows the team inside and out, and we hit in, in a ridiculous array of topics today in the show so hopefully you enjoyed it as much as i had recording it with tony the dude is a damn magician and it's always great to talk to him about some hoops so hopefully you guys enjoy that we got into all kinds of stuff we got into just catching up to where the jazz are at mike conley and ed davis being out Uh, We got into the Jazz three-point shooting versus the Nuggets three-point defense, the emergence of Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, and the matchup issue that he presents, and then different X factors, and so on and so forth, so if you're looking for an in-depth look at this series to prepare yourself to watch however many games are coming starting tomorrow morning or when you're listening to this maybe the morning of for game one this is the one to listen to definitely so thank you guys for, as always for sticking around and make and listening to the show thank Thank you also to all the sponsors of the show who make this possible from Thera 1 CBD, from Theragun to NFLSundayTicket.tv to BetOnline. It really is truly awesome seeing how far this show has come, and I could not do it without every single one of you listening. So without further ado, we're going to take our first just real quick break, tell you about Thera 1 CBD, and then you're going to get all the conversation that I had with Tony Jones of The Athletic about the Nuggets vs. Jazz playoff series. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everybody understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD projects. Started by Jason Wurzlin, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated, natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device, when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments that's when he created TheraOne. That's to bring you CBD products done right. There are a lot of CBD products that claim to be organic but they still contain up to 30% filler and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA-certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion as your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and the sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. So this is what you gotta do now through Labor Day, Monday, September seventh. TheraOne is offering listeners a buy one get one free for all TheraOne projects or products. But you've gotta go to TheraGun.com/bluewire if you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com bluewire. All right, welcome back, and I got Tony Jones of The Athletic here to talk about the Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz Playoff Series. Tony, thank you, man, for taking out time from your incredibly busy gym schedule to sit down and talk some hoops with me.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me, my guy. I appreciate it.
0: So I have to start with Karma 3 because you're a big Dave East guy. I'm a big Dave East guy, and I swear this dude still sneaks through under the radar on people. What did you think of Karma 3?
1: Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Um I, I I added handsome to my uh to to my running uh to my running playlist, my jogging playlist, which was good. Uh I thought the collab with Mary J. Blige was terrific. I thought the collab with uh A Boogie with the hoodie was yeah was was really terrific. Um look, man, we all know that Dave V's what his strengths are. His strength I mean his mixtapes are, are elite and you know uh all of the karmas. Um And, you know, you know, everything that he's been putting out since since 2014. I mean, he's to me, he's one of the uh, uh, one of the best rappers out there.
0: And he's smart, man. He keeps his name in the constant media loop because he does drop these mixtapes on top of his other projects that he's always doing. There's EPs dropping all over World Star, And he keeps his fingers ingrained in hip-hop in a way that few people do nowadays. Um, But is there anything else been on your playlist other than Dave East? What has popped up? I mean, you've been sitting at home for three months. So what have you been listening to?
1: Uh, I've been listening to everything, man. I mean, I got, you know, well over 2,000 songs on 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 my itunes so i mean you know i i i have every, i have a lot what, what are my recent downloads i'll i'll show you what my re. <laughs> i'll show you what my recent downloads are um so let's see um uh i downloaded some two chains because i listened to uh to his battle to his battle with um with Ross, yeah, um, you know, I I downloaded some some Khalid, some Janae Aiko, uh, the uh, new Joey Badass, because that's my guy. I
0: still haven't listened to that. That's um, on my list of things to get to.
1: The new Summer Walker, because her EP, um, Drip Season Three from Ghana, um, Gucci Pop Smokes, um, Black. Throw that new Sky
0: Zoo on there too. If you haven't listened to the new Sky Zoo that came out yet, that is also great. And then Odyssey dropped a tape too.
1: Yeah. And hip hop's been good
0: since since pandemic happened. People been inside just in the booth, and hip hop got good again. Man, it's been a nice stretch of music for sure.
1: Well, it was never bad. I mean, it was always good.
0: Uh, There's always lulls, though. You know as well as I do that you're like, all right, it's been three months and I need something here. And we haven't had any of that during pandemic season. So at least that's one good takeaway that I've had. Um, But you ready to talk some hoops? You want to talk about
1: this jazz series? No, absolutely. Let's get it. Let's get it going.
0: So let's just catch up to where the Jazz are at because Nuggets fans have been so preoccupied with Bulbul Mania and Michael Porter Jr. and all of that. I don't even know if they've paid attention to what has happened in the bubble. Um, Jazz went 3-5, and five, but again, the record, just like the Nuggets and so many other teams, is pretty much irrelevant. Uh, 23rd in net rating, which was concerning to me. Um, three-pointers shooting them out just a ridiculous clip in terms of how many they're taking. And we'll get into more of the three-pointer stuff for sure in a little bit. Um, but it really seems like they were able able to be carried by Connolly, mitchell and gobert and other than that they struggled is that a fair assessment of where they were at playing through the bubble
1: well you know i think you know obviously those three are 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 the guys that that you know are gonna shoulder uh most of the load um i think um joe engel struggled in the first couple of games in the bubble but then he really came on um, in the last half of the seeding games, um, you know, with the Jazz, the thing with the Jazz right now is that you know you know what you're going to get out of your your main guys. What do they get beyond those main guys? And you know, I think that that's whatever they do get beyond those main guys and from their bench, that's going to determine what their ultimate fate is um, in this series. And and you know, you got to put some of this on on Mitchell and, and Go Bear as well. Those two are going to be half have, have to be you know absolutely fantastic for the jazz to get be able to give themselves a chance um, and if they are then you know the the jazz have a, have an avenue uh and a path to win this series but if you know Jokic and murray uh if they if, they, if that duo outplays uh gobert and mitchell then it's going to be really difficult for the jazz to win the series
0: yeah, no doubt about that. And another just another hit to that exact point is that Mike Conley is gonna be out for at least four days from today. He has he's gonna have a four day quarantine minimum from when he returns to the bubble. Also, congratulations to Mike Conley on the birth of his son. That's awesome that he got to have that opportunity. I hope no fans are on Twitter losing their minds about stupid shit, but really awesome to see that Mike Conley got that. But in the basketball sense, how does that shift things for the Jazz? I know it's a big shift for them defensively because who's going to defend jamal murray now that's really my big question donovan mitchell obviously can do it but do you want him exerting that kind of energy and then who starts is it jordan clarkson because that would be concerning for me as well if i was you know looking for the jazz to win this series so what are your thoughts on that part of this
1: well i think um you know well first of all is you know how long is conley going to be out so if he gets back to the bubble tomorrow um there's a chance that he could be cleared from quarantine uh, in time for Friday's game three. If he doesn't get back to the bubble until Tuesday, then, you know, he probably won't be clear from quarantine until it's time for game four. Yeah. So you're looking at at least two games out of the series. Uh, you're looking at at least the first two games where the jazz is going to be without comedy. Um, you know, I don't know what Quinn Snyder is going to do. Uh if I were Quinn Snyder and I'm not Quinn Snyder, I I just slept at a holiday Inn last night. <laughs> um I would I would consider starting somebody like Nia the rookie from Yale, um, six foot five shooting guard, uh, who's who's a three three and D option uh and still playing Jordan Clarkson off the bench, but playing Clarkson heavy minutes, like 35 minutes. Um you know, I I think in terms of uh, defending Murray, you know, that's not a one-person job because, obviously, Jamal is really, really good offensively. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that that's going to – you're going to have a lot of – you're going to have – you're going to see a number of people uh, on Murray, including Royce O'Neill, who's Utah's best perimeter defender. Um, but, you know, I also think that um, without Conley, you know, that's, that's a significant amount of – Playmaking, uh, that's not there uh, in, in a significant amount of the one thing that makes the Jazz so unique offensively is that they can run pick and roll at you from either side because they have three guys in the starting lineup uh, normally uh, who are real pick and roll threats. So, you know, eliminating that, you know, takes takes away some of their pick and roll game. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they compensate for it in the first two games of the series at least.
0: Yeah, it's going to put a ton of pressure on Donovan Mitchell. And then, like you said, probably Jordan Clarkson as well to lift those ball handling duties up even more. And, man, Mitchell has been a workhorse. Like, what he did in that double overtime game against Denver, like, I don't know how much he is going to be able to give. And that is one of the biggest concerns I have. But we'll get to him in a second. Um, also, no Ed Davis for, what, seven to ten days? He'll be reevaluated, I believe I read today. Is that um, a meaningful loss for Utah? I mean, he's been out of the rotation. His size might have helped. But that's not going to massively shift anything in this series, in your eyes, right?
1: Well, um, you know, obviously, Ed is a, a, a significant locker room presence, mm-hmm. um, but he was, you know, he wasn't, uh, like you said, he wasn't in a rotation, and he probably wasn't going to be in the rotation. So, you know, in that sense, you know, that's that's not, you know, really um, an issue for the Jazz, unless, you know, and, and even if. They had gotten to the point where you know they had gotten past Tony Bradley. Um, you were looking at somebody like Juwan Morgan and even at Jarrell Brantley, um, maybe before you're looking at Ed Davis. So, you know, the Jazz are going to be fine there from from an on the court. From an on the court perspective, off the court, Ed remains a really valuable piece uh, to to the Jazz in terms of uh, what their lock, locker room culture is.
0: So that's about where the Jazz are at right now. They have everything basically set in stone. They know who they are. There's not a whole lot of trying to figure anything out on the fly. The Nuggets will have a little bit of that to do. But when you saw that the, that the matchup was official, that the Nuggets were going to play the Jazz, what was the first thought that came into your head about the matchup?
1: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, there was a, a matchup that both teams wanted. And, yeah. um A matchup that – that I think both teams feel that they can be successful um, against the the other with. So, you know, I, I think that that's the first first thing. The second thing is, you know, whoever whoever buckles down and, and figures out a way to get stops more consistently is probably going to be the team that wins the series. Um, you know, the Jazz haven't defended on the level that that they've defended on in the past. Uh, Denver certainly not defending on the level that. <laughs> That Mike Mike Malone wants them to defend on. I think Mike he, Malone's uh,
0: newly grown hair has turned a whole lot grayer which, in the eight games that they've played. That's for
1: sure. Yeah, but you know, so I, I, you know, I think that both teams are really good offensively. You know, I have a ton of respect for what Denver can can do to to any team in this league offensively. I mean they they are you know for for as as much as we talk about their defense, um, they are an elite offensive unit. And they can hit you uh, from a lot of different places. And, you know, they're, the thing about Denver is they're a resilient bunch as well. Um, you know, the Jazz ha- have had double figure leads in all three of their, their regular mm-hmm. season games and lost all three of those games. Um, the Jazz lost to Denver when they were playing seven guys. Um, they lost Denver on the back-to-back. <laughs> they, yep. And, uh, you know, they, they lost a, a sizable lead to, to, to the Nuggets in the bubble. So, you know, the Nuggets are a team that they're a veteran bunch. Uh, they know who they are offensively. Um, and, and, you know, they're a team that if you get up 10, 15 points on, uh, it doesn't really matter much. It doesn't change how they play. Um, they're just going to be slow and steady. Uh, or fast and steady and, and mm-hmm. until the end of those 48 minutes so you know I think that you know a lot is made of how they have been defending but I think that on a on a at least a significant level I think that that's a misnomer because they're so capable uh, of hurting you in a lot of different ways offensively
0: yeah, and Michael Porter Jr. brings a whole nother wild card to the offensive capability of this Nuggets team, and he's what we're going to talk about next. But I want to hit on something that you just said, which was the Jazz wanted the Nuggets matchup as much as the Nuggets wanted the Jazz matchup. Everybody, so the Nuggets fans know that they would rather play the Jazz, who they, again, are 3-0 and against, and it's not Luka Doncic, so they feel better about that matchup. But what about Utah wanting Denver? What is it about that matchup from Utah's perspective that is more appealing than Houston, who was seemingly lit- like the like the next choice that they were going to potentially end up with
1: well it's funny thing it's funny i just spent you know i just went through a whole soliloquy on on how denver's defense is a misnomer but the jazz wanted denver because they know they can score on them
0: yeah no it's true and it, it, <laughs> and it does sound weird but you're right
1: and you know and here's the thing denver's weakness defensively is their ability to cover pick and rolls Mm-hmm. Um, and Utah's strength offensively is their ability to run pick and roll. Um, you know, and, and it, it creates uh, a lot of mismatches. It creates uh, a lot of open shots because the jazz are a ball moving team. Um, they like to, um, they like to run initial pick and roll and kind of play out of that attack closeouts, make the extra pass. And they get a lot of open three-pointers that way. And the Jazz are you know, confident if they uh, generate a lot of, no, lot of open three-pointers that they can make 40% of them. So um, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I think the Jazz know that they're coming into the series with, um, uh, with, with, with some disadvantages. They know that Denver is a lot bigger than they are uh, they know that you know overall, you know the Nuggets are are, are more athletic, um, but you know and they also um, they also know that they can be successful offensively, and I think that that's uh, one of the things that that may made, made the matchup more appealing to to them than you know somebody like Houston or somebody like the Clippers or somebody like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I was not I was going to go to Michael Porter Jr. I'm now going to the Jazz three-point shooters versus the Nuggets three-point defense because you, you led into this perfectly and this is going to be in my opinion the narrative of the, of the series and the Jazz throughout the entire season led all of basketball making 38% of their threes they were taking the 10th most overall and now they're shooting 42 a game in the bubble which is second most only hitting 35.6% of them but when you're taking 42 you're doing pretty damn well in the points category in that regard. The Nuggets are allowing teams to shoot 44.8% on threes while taking 36.3.3 or yeah, 36.3 attempts from three against them. So this is really going to be what it comes down to. Can the Nuggets get them to not hit all of these threes and maybe run a couple shooters off the line? Or is the math game going to be too much? Because the three-point line is the great equalizer here. Um, and I really don't don't know what's going to happen or how they're going to be able to get to these threes all the time because Donovan Mitchell running into Tory Craig for as amazing as Donovan Mitchell is that's going to take a toll on him and they're going to need more creation and the loss of Mike Connolly is concerning um, from my eyes what I would do obviously not I'm not Quinn Snyder I'm never going to be Quinn Snyder but I would be attacking Michael Porter Jr. with Joe Ingles and running pick-and-rolls at him and trying to collapse the defense on a much less, um, I'm going to say, a much less intelligent defender than a lot of other guys on the court. So is that kind of how you see them generating a lot of these threes is, of course, dribble penetration, but attacking particular players to create those advantages?
1: You know, I I don't know that they'll try to attack a, a particular player. I mean, I think... You know, I think regardless, you know, Joe Ingles has the ball in his hands a ton and he runs a ton of pick and rolls and, you know, they, they run those pick and rolls, whether it's Michael Porter Jr. That's guarding them or whether it's story Craig, Um, you know, they'll do the same thing with, with Mitchell, you know, and at this point, right, there's no Mike Conley. So they, they have no choice. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't matter, you know, who's guarding those guys if, if, if you know if if Denver chooses to hide uh, Michael Porter Jr. on Miayoni, for example, um, they're not going to all of a sudden start running pick and rolls through Miayoni. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, there's no Gary Harris for Game One, um, so who are your plus defenders if on the perimeter if you're the Nuggets? It's Torrey Craig. That's it. And that's pretty much it. So, you know, the, you know, if, if you try to take Donovan Mitchell out with Torrey Craig, um, then, you know, you still have to account for, for Joe Ingles on the pick and roll. Uh, and you still have to account for Jordan Clarkson because uh, he's going to be in the game for, for a long time. Now, it's a little easier because now you don't have to account for Conley for the first couple of games at least. Um, but, you know, once Conley gets back, yeah, it becomes a little bit more difficult because then you can start running pick and roll through a number of different sources if you're the jazz.
0: They don't have any plus defenders other than Torrey Craig, but they're going to have a ton of size. And like how the Jazz are going to play Jordan Clarkson a lot, I think we're going to see a ton of Jeremy Grant at the three in this series as well to try and create more issues with that length. So even without plus defenders, how have the Jazz dealt with just long defenders? Because when they're playing smaller like this, especially without Boyon, it shifts their dynamic so heavily, I feel like. And I wonder how much that has impacted. Have you noticed anything throughout the season that maybe longer teams impact this Jazz? team differently than others
1: yeah well they have a that's the thing that you know the jazz were average size with boyan bogdanovich because you know he was six foot eight and he he was a real he was a big guy um you know and and they're a lot smaller without boyan so you know really as a small team as a quote-unquote really small team where it's noticeable that they're they're really small. I mean, it's only an eight-game sample size, and in that sample size, I mean, what they've done, you know, they get the ball out of the basket and 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 they've pushed the ball uh, a lot more in transition. Um, they've taken a lot more transition threes. They've um, they've done things such as, you know, they've done things such as push after made baskets, even after makes and. Uh, as well as misses. Uh, and, and like you said, I mean, you know, they they haven't turned down a lot of threes. They're shooting a lot of them. Uh, they're shooting them in volume. They're shooting them in every situation. Um, you know, they're hunting them in transition. And, you know, and, 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 and in that way, in that sense, that's unlike almost any Jazz team that we've ever seen. You know, so that's kind of how they try to deal with um, – you know, being at a size disadvantage and being at a length that's a disadvantage. Um, but, you know, I think it shows up a lot on the other end as well, which is, you know, they're going to have to rebound the basketball. They're going to have to keep Rudy Bear on the floor um, because, you know, Gobert is going to have to uh, be there to protect the paint. And, and you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to rebound the basketball as well uh, when they do force misses. So. You know, it's, it's a number of issues that, that you know, are, are presented. But, you know, the, the Jazz are going to have to figure out a way to, to deal with them. So let's talk about the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. and
0: how that shifts things for the Jazz. Because there was already going to be an issue with the size, but this is a whole different beast all of a sudden. What, from your perspective, changes when you look at this Nuggets team now that you know Michael Porter Jr. will be starting game one?
1: you know i i think you know the jazz have a healthy respect for michael porter junior but you know i think that you know when you look at denver i mean nikola jokic is at the is at the top of the scout and jamal murray is right under nikola jokic and the jamal murray nikola jokic pick and roll down the stretch is 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 right under that if if the jazz lose games because michael porter junior scores 28 points, then that's just how they're going to lose games. And, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I, you know, and that's that's why you call them the X factor, right? Like yeah. if Denver loses, if if Denver loses a game um, because, you know, somebody like Mie only hit seven threes, then, you know, you're just going to have to shake Mie Aone's hand and move on to, to, to game two. Um you know, you know, I, you know, I, I think that um, the Jazz definitely respect uh, uh, MPJ's talent and and his ability to score. Um, and uh, you know, and I think that they're going to to, to guard him and, and and do the best job that they can on him. But you know, the guys that they that they're trying to, to, to corral um, are Nikola Jokic and and Jamal Murray, and then. You know, I think that you know, obviously Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant um, uh, are going to get a lot of attention as well. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff for the Jazz to to have to try to deal with uh, defensively, and and I think that um, I think that when the series starts, uh, I think that you know you look, you use Game One, and then you try to make some adjustments. Uh, off of whatever happened in game one.
0: I'm happy you answered the question that way because it presents such an interesting new dynamic for this Nuggets team is that they have an actual third, uh, not one's him star, but somebody that you can be like, all right, that's a threat. And we have to be concerned about him. And if we do manage to slow Nicola and Jamal Murray down, this guy still exists. And I'm so curious how that changes the dynamic if he does go off. Because if all of a sudden Porter has a good game in games one or two, and you have to divert and you have to suddenly not help off that side when Michael Porter Jr. is on the wing or whatever they end up doing. That is going to have a big ripple effect, and I saw a lot of that in the seeding games, which of course is not a great indicator because teams are not trying to show their entire bag of tricks, but when when guys are so threatening that they're still going to hold defenders even if you're not prioritizing them, that just adds a whole new dynamic to a Nuggets offense, like you said, that is already so out-of-this-world versatile. They can score in so many different ways, and I think my Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to prove it. I don't think there's any reality in which he doesn't have to prove it. No team's going to be like, all right, that's Michael Porter Jr. Time to get ready. Like that guy's going to have to go out there and make shots in a playoff environment as a starter, as a rookie, before anybody takes him seriously. But – that is such a—it's a wrinkle that I'm fascinated with, and I'm very curious. But let's get back to the top of your scouting report, like you said, Nikola Jokic, who averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists, and 2.7 steals per game on 56% from the field against the Jazz this year. What the hell is Utah going to try and do against Nikola Jokic? Because if they guard him one-on-one with with Rudy Gobert, then you pull him out of the paint, and then all that small ball lineup starts getting ripped apart on the perimeter. So I don't know. How how they're going to be able to juggle that?
1: Well, they're just going to guard him with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to to you know tell Rudy like, hey, you know, we're going to count on you to you know to 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 be a deterrent to uh, to Jokic, and you know, and whether and whether Rudy can figure out a way to take him out of the series or not, I think that's going to have Uh, a big effect on how the series goes. And, you know, Jokic has been comfortable against Gobert this season. Uh, Like you said, his numbers are are ridiculously good against the Jazz. He had a 30-20-10 game Mm -hmm. uh, in Salt Lake City in February. Um, You know, he dominated the first game down the stretch. He dominated the, the overtime in the bubble down the stretch. Um, you know, he's just been really, really good against the Jazz this, this, this year. Um, you know, and that being said, you know, the Jazz are like, okay, well, we have the two-time defensive player of the year and we're just going to guard him with, with that guy. And if that guy is successful, um, then we have a chance. And if that guy is not successful, we have a lot less of a chance, you know, so, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to reinvent the wheel uh, trying to figure out Jokic. And the the other thing with Jokic is if, you know, he drops 30, um, but he has, you know, three or four assists, um, that's almost a win for the Jazz. It's when he has, you know, 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists when he, that, that you know, that's devastating because that means he's scoring and he's getting everybody else involved as well, which you want to do uh, is almost what you want to do with LeBron James, which is turn him into a 40-point score and, you know, everybody else just standing around watching him. Um, but if, if you know, he's making plays for himself and he's making plays for others, uh, then that's when he really starts to to be – uh, a problem for what you're trying to do defensively. So, you know, the Jazz are going to guard them with, with Gobert, and they're going to trust Gobert, and, and you know, they, they're going to say, hey, here's our best player, there's your best player, and, you know, they're, they're, going, they're going to put him out there against Jokic and see what happens.
0: I loved that point because I think there is something to it that you can actually throw off Nikola Jokic by just throwing Rudy Gobert on him and just leaving the matchup as it is. Because if you can make Jokic play in a way he doesn't want to play, it's going to completely disrupt the entire Nuggets offense because he wants to be that creator. He's like desperate to play the beautiful game at every moment. It's like an instinct. And when he can't do it, it frustrates him to no end. So being up into him, forcing him to take threes all the time, forcing him to take those mid-range twos, and just being like, you know what? We're going to live with that. That might drive him crazy enough to give enough of an advantage to squeak back in there and make something very interesting happen because you do have Rudy Gobert. So I, I do find that interesting. I'm very curious how that plays out. I'm also curious to see how Royce O'Neal handles messing with Michael Porter Jr. and getting physically up in him. Gary Trent Jr. made Michael Porter Jr.'s life hell just by being a pest that wouldn't go away physically. So I do think those are two things, just the physicality factor that, that, that the Jack. Can really assert themselves in the Nuggets and then dictate the pace of the game. If they can do that, then there's a whole different conversation to be had. I just think it's going to be very difficult for the Jazz to get to that point. Um, in your eyes, is that the biggest matchup for the Jazz? Though, is just finding a way to limit Nikola Jokic or make them make him play the way they want him to play?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably you know that's probably a, um, one of the biggest things that the Jazz um want to do you know they you know I think that that's a a big matchup I think that um Donovan Mitchell you know his success offensively against Torrey Craig I think that that's a big okay um matchup as, as well um you know because Torrey Craig's been really successful on Donovan Mitchell um this season um but you know I think that looking at I think they're looking at the jazz. I mean, it's, it's more complicated than, you know, just singular matchups because I think that, you know, there's so many things that they have to do. I mean, they're going to have to rebound when they force misses, they're going to have to not turn the ball over when, when they're, when they're playing offense, they're going to have to generate open threes and then the open threes that they generate, they're going to have to make them, Um, you know, so a lot has to go right for the jazz in this series. And, you know, in, that, that's I think that speaks to the margin of error uh between both teams. I think it's bigger it's higher for Denver than it is for the Jazz. So um I think that if you look at it in in those ways, um, you know, then then you know you're gonna see whether or not we're gonna have a competitive series or not
0: yeah I think this series might be five games but every single game is going to be close like this is gonna be a slugfest and I'm a big advocate for team for like the playoffs getting rid of conferences and just going one through and just bringing the top 16 teams and seating them out but these series are the reason that I also like the way that they do it and keep conferences I like that two divisional opponents that know each other this well that are this closely contested are able to be put through a seven game series despite how well they know each other you come down to so many small details, and it makes the game so much more interesting. So, from that point of view, I'm really excited for this series. I think it's going to be great. The Nuggets have a ton of respect for the Jazz, by the way. Everything they've said in their media scrums has been like, listen, I don't care what the record was. Like, every game has been tough against the Jazz. They've always been tough against the Jazz. Hell, you can go back to when Derek Favors and Mason Plumley got into a fight two years ago. Like, they've always had this kind of intensity surrounding their games, and I think that's going to continue through the playoffs and then exceed what everybody thinks it's going to be and i also can't wait to watch donovan mitchell who the Nuggets should have drafted tearing up the nuggets in the playoffs like those are all fun narratives so i'm really excited i hope you are as excited as i am was there anything else that you wanted to add to this conversation
1: yeah i'm really excited to i'm finally glad that we got a chance to collaborate on a on a podcast
0: it's been a start. long time
1: <laughs> um but yeah i'm definitely excited for for the playoffs to start and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I think that, you know, in terms of everything that the world has gone through the last five, six months, I think that this is. Uh, hopefully, we, we can all have fun with it. I mean, I know it's a competitive situation, but, you know, uh, um, hopefully, we can, you know, look at the, the good that this is that we've actually got to an NBA playoffs. Um, just like we've gotten to an NHL playoffs and just like, you know, hopefully we get to the NFL and the World Series. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this and, you know, I'm just anxious to see uh, what happens between the, the Jazz and the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, man, I'm with you. And so much credit to the NBA and the MBPA for putting this together and putting so many safeguards into effect and putting so much time into the plan to where the bubble has functioned this well for this long. That is truly remarkable. Like, it was a Herculean feat just to get people there, let alone to keep it functioning in the way that it has. So you're absolutely right. I'm so happy that these sports are back and we can kind of get back to not even normalcy, but to add back in normal things into a new reality. Because that's a nice thing to be, be able to do um but tony thank you man i'm so happy we got to talk some hoops again it has been way 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 too long since we've actually got onto a podcast and i hope we can do it again really soon hopefully throughout this series
1: yeah definitely i mean we we should definitely uh definitely keep doing that and and uh, i i had a lot of fun on this thank you so much for having me
0: of course man stay safe out there and we will talk again in the future yes sir Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are finally coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get NFL Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use your promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off of your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That is promo code BLUEWIRE in all capital letters. again thank you guys so much for sticking around with this show for helping me make it what it is for helping me grow it to what it has become it has been such a fun ride and it's only going to continue especially now that the playoffs are here there's going to be a ton to talk about and this podcast is only going to get more and more exciting as we go so please tell your friends make sure you subscribe to the rocky mountain hoops podcast wherever you listen to podcasts leave a five star review leave a comment make sure you do what you can to go share it on social media all of those things are incredibly helpful and i really really appreciate everybody who does them also thank you again to my guest tony jones of the athletic their lead utah jazz beat writer the dude is awesome one of my favorite people in the industry and the fact that he found time out of his day to be able to discuss all of these things with me is truly awesome i mean it's I feel very blessed to be a part of such a cool industry that allows these kinds of things to exist, and also Blue Wire Podcast Network for allowing me to take part in so many cool conversations about the Denver Nuggets. I hope this was able to provide some kind of insight for people who are listening about the potential of this series, in addition to, well, Tony Jones and my playlist and our the music we've been listening to, but I do feel like this was an informative podcast. I do feel like there's quite a bit to gain from this for a lot of people, so again, I I really hope you guys enjoyed it and took the time to listen to it. Thank you again to Thera1CBD from Theragun. Thank you again to NFLSundayTicket.tv. Thank you again to BetOnline. And thank you again to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am TJ McBride, your host for the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. And we will talk again very, very soon with the Nuggets playoff game, literally just hours away. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Remember that Black Lives Matter. And keep it moving. Have a good one. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to uh, to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all of the odds, the futures, and props to bet on, and they're all available 24/7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion. Robert Ori, see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series that they're calling fandemic Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Also, remember to use promo code BlueWire when to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BlueWire, spelled B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.